Now turn with me tonight in your Bible We're turning this evening to the book of Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 30 And we're going to read from verse 11 Deuteronomy chapter 30 Verse 11 Let's hear the word of the Lord We're reading, of course, from the authorized version. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven? And bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea, that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth, and in thine heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou passes over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text tonight is taken from Deuteronomy, chapter 30 and the verse 19 and it says I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live and my theme this evening is God's call to choose life God's call to choose life These words were uttered by Moses, the servant of the Lord, to the children of Israel who were standing before the Jordan River. Moses is now 120 years old. His natural strength is unabated. His eyesight is undimmed. And yet God has told him that soon he will die. Soon he will leave off leading the children of Israel Uh, who has has led for 40 years through the wilderness and a successor will take over. 40 years earlier, 
a previous generation had stood facing the same Jordan River in a different location. And despite tasting the good fruit of the land of Canaan, despite the good report of two spies, a whole generation murmured before the Lord. In their hearts and minds, they rebelled against him. And therefore he turned them back into the wilderness. And they wandered for 40 years. And in fact, the Bible teaches us that an entire generation died. And thousands upon thousands of corpses were buried in the sand as a witness and as a testimony against them. And only two young men out of that entire generation survived. That was Joshua and Caleb. The rest, as I've said, perished in the wilderness. Now, 40 years later, Moses remembers that tragic event. So here they are now standing again. Facing the same Jordan River. And he calls a solemn assembly. He summons the whole congregation of the children of Israel to attend. And under God, he delivers to them what to him is really a final message to them. And this final message to them has to do with God's call to life. God's people are at a crossroads. The great wilderness is behind them. The river Jordan is before them. And beyond the Jordan, of course, is the promised land. And Moses says to them in that setting, Therefore choose life that both thy and thy seed may live. And that's my theme this evening. God's call to choose life. In this first gospel service, in this new meeting house, we want the message to go out to all who will hear inside the meeting house and outside it, God's call to choose life. I want you to think of the company of this choice. This company is a truly privileged people. The people to whom this choice was given were the children of Israel. They were a people greatly privileged and blessed by God. Remember, this people had seen deliverance by the blood of the Lamb out of Egypt. They, they had witnessed redemption through the blood. They, they had seen the wrath of God destroying Pharaoh and his army at the Red Sea. They had seen the wonders of God not only in the plagues in Egypt, but water out of the rock at Horeb. God's provision of the heavenly manna. The, the uplifting of the brazen serpent in the midst of those fiery serpents. This people had been gifted a faithful leader. One who led them all their ways. Despite their murmurings, despite their disputings, despite their rebellion. One who prayed for them, one who pleaded with them. One who preached the word of God to them. They were a people to whom the law of God had been given. The law of God, remember, had been made known to them in the form of the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. This people were blessed. This people were, were privileged. Imagine being given the standard of the law. Imagine being told about the sentence of the law. 
The penalty, of course, for disobedience is death. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth it shall die, the Bible says. And they were also taught about the substitution of the law. The broken law could be atoned for again by the blood of the Lamb. They they discovered as they journeyed that all sin had to be atoned for. Because God says without the shedding of blood there is no remission. And they discovered that by the shedding of the blood of the Lamb that their sin could be forgiven. So, So this was a truly privileged people. Now what about you tonight? What about the inhabitants of Northern Ireland? Haven't we been greatly privileged? Haven't we been truly blessed by God? You think tonight you've got the gift of life. You've health and strength to be out. You've been spared on many occasions. You think of those times when maybe you've brushed with death. Whether it was a car accident or whether you were in hospital with a serious illness and sickness. And God in mercy has raised you up. And and God has been good to you. And you have lived your life and you've been brought under the sound of the gospel. And I here to the best of my ability have preached the gospel to you. And you've heard of your need to repent and receive Christ that's offered in the gospel to you. You you know about the standard of the law. God's demand for perfect obedience. You know about the sentence of the law, uh, how that the soul that sinneth it shall die, the wages of sin is death. You know about the substitute of the law, the broken law has to be atoned for. And, and there's one who came into the world who kept that law perfectly and fully for us. One who paid the penalty of the broken law by his death on the cross. One who became a, a, a willing, voluntary sacrifice for sin. Do we read in the scriptures? But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice himself. And how often have you heard the gospel? You've heard about the lovely name of Jesus Christ. You've heard about forgiveness of sins and peace with God. And and there's times your heart has been touched and you know, I'm a sinner. I, I need to be saved. And you've been greatly privileged. I want to tell you something else. This people... We're a professing people. You see, the children of Israel were better known as God's people. And among that company of God's people, there was many who professed to be the Lord's. Many who professed to know God in an experimental way. Many who professed to adhere and attend to to God's law. In other words, they would have read their Bible regularly. They they would have allowed God to speak to their heart and mind. They they, they would have certainly offered up prayer. They they would have engaged in almsgiving. And yet there was many in that company, even though they were looked upon as the Israel of God, God's literal ancient people, and they had not a real right relationship with God. They were not born again. They they were not true believers. They had no real love for the Lord. They they had no love for for God's Son or or the Scriptures of Truth or or even the Sabbath day or, or the souls of man. You look at the context here. It says, Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God. Do you see the connection between life and love? If you choose life, the life of God, you you will love the Lord with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. That's relationship. And that thou mayest obey his voice. 
There's, there's righteousness. And that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life. That there's total reliance on him. And of course, we've got something else. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give them. There's reassurance. See, this book of the law that God has given the children of Israel, it acted as a witness against them. Do you know what God says in chapter 31 and verse um, 26? Take the book of the law and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. The law of God was put into the Ark of the Covenant and it was there to be a witness against them. A witness that they knew the standard of the law. A witness that they knew the sentence of the law. A witness that they knew the substitutionary need for the law. The law had to be atoned for by the the shedding of blood and they rebelled against that. Listen to what he says in verse 27 of the same chapter Chapter 31, for I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, why I am yet alive with you this day. Ye have been rebellious against the Lord. And how much more after my death. And throughout Northern Ireland today, there's thousands who profess the name of the Lord. There's thousands who make a claim. I belong to the Lord. And they may call themselves by the name Christian. And they tell us, well, I belong to this church. And I, I belong to that church. And they, they, they attempt to do things outwardly. And they, they get involved in religious activity. But the reality is, they're not in a right relationship with the Lord. They don't love the Lord. They, they, they haven't got the life of God in the soul. They're not born again. They have no real peace with God. They have no delight or desire after the things of God. They, they have no love for the Savior, love for the Sabbath, love for the Scriptures. As Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I think of a man called Simon Magus in Acts chapter 8. And Simon Magus, we're told, he himself believed. You imagine this man becoming a believer. And then the Bible tells us he was baptized. And and the outward show and and baptism, of course, is an open and honest confession that that he had become a believer. It was a public testimony that that he belonged to the Lord. And yet when Peter came on the scene, and remember what Peter said to Simon Magus, thine heart is not right in the sight of God. This was a professing people. These This was the company of this choice. A privileged people, but a professing people. Look look something else. I want you to think of the character of this choice. It says here in the Bible, therefore, choose life. Now, how how can I describe this choice? What, What is this call to choose life? Could I suggest tonight that this is a, a definite choice? Moses sets before them Two choices. A choice of life or death. A choice of blessing or cursing. Really a choice of obedience unto the Lord. Or a life of disobedience. And this demands an immediate response. There's no middle road. There's no pathway here in the middle. There's no sitting on the fence. You you, you cannot be neutral. This choice has to do with life. It's not to do with a political opinion. 
It's nothing to do with the, the, the moral state of society. It's not to do with any particular issue other than choose life. And do you know in the context here, this call to choose life has to do with the gospel. Did, did you notice in verse 14 of our reading, Deuteronomy 31, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Have you ever came across that before in the scriptures? Do you know where it's found? Paul used those words in Deuteronomy 31 in Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. And this is what he says. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Listen to this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This call to choose life is about the gospel. The life that's in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is not a system of religion. It's nothing to do with a code of ethics. The, the, the gospel is not a system of works. It's not a, 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 a works meritous system. The sum and substance of the gospel is Christ. So when, when Moses said to the children of Israel, therefore choose life, he was really saying to them, choose Christ. Because Christ is the heart and sum and substance of the gospel. Did he not say himself, I am the way, the truth, the life? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Didn't he not say in John 10 and 10, I am come that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. The Bible tells us in John's gospel chapter 1, in him is life. And that's eternal life. That's abundant life here. And many young people tonight looking for life. They're trying to find it in drink and drugs. They're trying to find it in sexual fulfillment outside of marriage. They're trying to find it in rock and roll and parties and many other things. And deep down they're dissatisfied. Deep down there's a craving and a longing for something else. And yet the great message of the Bible is this. That there's life in the Lord. And that life is associated with the great good news of the gospel. And that life is in Christ. This definite choice is about Christ. I want you to notice something else. That this is a, a deciding choice. See, once the choice is made, this choice is so decisive that it determines where a man or woman, young person, spends eternity. If you choose life, you can have pardon from sin. You can be delivered from sin's penalty and power and pleasure. You can have peace with God, therefore being justified by faith, with peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can have power from God to, to live out the Christian life. Remember, if you're in Christ, you live for Christ through the strength and grace of Christ. And you'll have provision from God. And that's all here in the context. And if you think of what he said in verse 17, but if thine heart turn away so that thou will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish. This is no trivial matter. 
This is one of the most important choices, young people, boys or girls, men or women, that you'll ever make. We make choices every day. Don't you young people make choices to do with your education? You maybe make choices about clothes, what, what dress to wear, boys, what shirts to put on. You make choices about your holidays, which destination to go to, which is the best deal. You, you make um, uh, choices about going to the doctor if you're unwell. You make choices about going to the dentist if you have a toothache. You, you make a choice if there's a rattle in the car, well, I better get that sorted out. If I drive down the road, maybe the wheel will fall off or, or the engine will fall out. We make choices every day. But this is not about those types of choices. This is, to me, the most important choice you'll ever make. And God's call is, therefore, choose life. This is a definite choice. But this is a deciding choice. And it's not what you think of me. I'm really not bothered what people think about me. Or say about me, for that matter, either. I've got thick skin. And it's not what people think about the Free Presbyterian Church either. That doesn't bother me either. Because salvation's not in the church. It's not the Free Presbyterian Church that's saved. And we never invite people to join the Free Presbyterian Church in order to be saved. Because salvation's in Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You're faced tonight with a deciding choice. And that deciding choice that you make determines where you'll spend eternity, determines your eternal destiny. Remember, Pilate asked the question, what shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? That crowd had a choice. Crucify him, they said. So it was either crucify him or crown him. What will your choice be? Receive him or reject him. What will your choice be? Bow the knee to him or badmouth him. Albert Simpson wrote in the hymn, what will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? This is a demanding choice because it demands an urgent, immediate response. You think of the uncertainty of life. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. Isn't that true for all of us? You think of the, the certainty of death. Friday a week ago, I got a phone call about four o'clock from the rector of Lockgilly Paris, Reverend Graham Spence, to tell me that a, a dear nephew of Rosie's had died, age 54, or a cousin rather. And, and I've heard yesterday about a, another woman, only 52, called out into eternity. And, and you're here tonight and you're in health and strength and God has been good to you. And you know tonight in your heart that you've got a soul and you've got a sin problem and you need to be saved. And you've heard this many times and you've thought about it at home and in bed and, and even in the house of God. And I want to say tonight, God's time is now. For the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Now, it took us right back to the children of Israel rebelling against the Lord during that 40-year period in the wilderness. You make plans, and we all make plans, things that we're going to do, and we talk about tomorrow. But boast not thyself of tomorrow, the Bible says. 
for no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. Didn't David say there is but a step between me and death? Let me give you a little story. A great preacher who was a friend of Spurgeon's, I think he was maybe a student of Spurgeon's, the Reverend Timothy East, and he was preaching the gospel on one occasion, I believe it was in London, and this dear lady came and spoke to the preacher. She told him that she wasn't saved. And she was thinking about becoming a Christian. But she didn't know. She wasn't sure. And that preacher urged and pleaded with that dear lady to come to Christ. And she agreed 100% that she needed to be saved. And yet she says, while I know my need, not now, not today, another time. Some weeks later, Timothy East was in some street in London, and, and he heard this commotion and this call, at Reverend East, Reverend East, Reverend East. And when he looked round, he recognized it was a little girl, a little girl who'd come to the church Sunday school, and uh, he knew her name, and he spoke to her, and he said, what's wrong? And the wee girl said with tears, Mommy needs you. Mommy needs you. Could you come quick? So, so he followed the little girl home as quickly as he could. He went up the stairs and he went into the room and it was this same lady, this, this girl's mummy that he had spoke to a few weeks before. And he went over to her and he took her by the hand and he tried to talk to her. And you know what she whispered? In the frailty and weakness of a dying moment, too late. Too late. And it broke his heart. And he stood and wept because that dear lady gasped and just went out into God's eternity. And he never knew whether she closed in with Christ. What if that had been you? You see, this is a definite choice, a decisive choice. It's a demanding choice. Could I tell you something else? This is a documented choice. Look at the text. Look, look at your Bible. Look at verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Do, do you see that? What an order to the heavens this is. What an order to the earth this is. Moses commands the heavenly bodies. He commands the earth beneath to become a witness against the children of Israel. He's saying to the objects of the glorious heavens. He's saying to the objects of this earth to act as a panel of witnesses to record the acts of rebellion and rejection of this people. The sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the valleys, the trees, the seas beneath. They were eyewitnesses of their conduct. They were eyewitnesses of their choice. God has a record. And in that book, all the instances, all the witnesses that they have heard and knew and seen, one day will rise up and testify against them. Because this is a documented choice. And I want to say tonight, every time you've heard the gospel, that is documented. Every time you've been given a gospel tract, that is documented. Every time you've sat in the house of God, that is all documented. Your sin is all documented. And it'll all be held against us on that final day, that day for which other days were made. The day when our doom will be finally settled. And our doom will be finally sealed. It's a documented choice. Also, 
It's a distinct choice. Notice the words. I call heaven and earth the record this day against you. You see, it's not the person in front of you tonight. It's not even the person behind you. It's you personally. It's you individually. It's you young people. God's call is choose life. God's call is choose life that thou mayest live and thy seed. It's to the boys and girls here. We, we believe that boys and girls can be saved and need to be saved. It's to men and women inside the church and, and outside in the community. That's the character of this choice. I, I want you to notice something else here very quickly. The cost of this choice. Do you know, whenever I read this and thought about this theme for tonight, God's call to choose life, I thought of the amazing offer that's here. Choose life. Abundant and eternal life. A, a, a life of blessing. A, a life of power and victory. A, a, a life where we're in a right relationship with the Lord. There's an amazing obligation here. Choose life. That's your obligation and mine tonight. There's an outcome here. That, that, that thou mayest live and thy seed shall live. Isn't it true that we make decisions and some decisions that we made prove rather costly? Not only in financial terms, but even to do with our own bodily health and relationships. Bad decisions can cost. Well, what is the opposite of life? It's death. Doesn't he mention death here? I set before you life and death. What's the opposite of blessing? It's cursing. And he mentions cursing here. You see, the opposite of choosing life is to choose the way of death, the way of cursing, the way of rebellion. And if you reject Jesus Christ and refuse him and fail to repent of your sin and bow the knee to Christ as Lord and Savior, It'll cost you the knowledge of sins forgiven. It will cost you eternal life. It will cost you your soul. The Lord Jesus said, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Your soul is one of the most precious, important things that you have. And you can lose your soul. You can die in your sins. You, you can miss out in the peace of God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. You, you can fail to live a life of blessing. The Bible said the way of the transgressor is hard. Isn't that so true tonight? Many of our young people are deep, deeply unsatisfied with life. They, they live a life of, of misery. It's just a life of existence, whether it's an addiction to drugs or, or, or drink or whatever. A, a life that's, that's wrecked and, and bodily pain, sometimes even before they're 40. There's the cost, the cost of this choice. Amazing offer, an obligation, an outcome, but the opposite doesn't even bear thinking about. I want you to think lastly about the consequence of this choice. You see, this choice determines your life in the here and now, and it determines your future. This choice determines whether you're part and parcel of the true family of God or not. 
This choice determines whether you're in a, a, a life whereby you can say of Christ, this is my beloved and this is my friend. It's a wonderful thing to know the Lord is with you in the journey of life. Remember the psalmist could say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And it's a lovely thing to, and a wonderful thing to have the presence of the Lord with you on life's journey and to know that your future is bright. Like the psalmist, we can say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The consequences of this choice is sweet. And it determines your life now. It determines your future in eternity. What if you refuse to choose life? And you choose death. The path of cursing. Will you remain without God and without Christ and without hope in the world? You'll not know that Jesus Christ is the best friend of all. You'll have have no fellowship or peace with God. You'll have no bright future. You'll have no assurance of heaven. What will you have? Could I tell you what you have tonight? I finish with this thought. The Lord Jesus said, John 8, three times, if you die in your sins, where I am, you cannot be. And if you die in your sins and don't go to heaven, I have to tell you faithfully, I tell you truthfully, The Bible does talk about a place called hell. A place of outer darkness. A place where the worm dieth not. A place where the fire is not quenched. Doesn't the Bible say the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. And not only the nations that turn their back on God, but the individual inhabitants of that nation that turn their back on God. Luke 16 The rich man died and was buried and in hell lift up his eyes. He didn't go to hell because he was a rich man. He went to hell because he didn't repent. He didn't recognize his sin. He didn't bow the knee to God and cry out like the publican, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Now let me wrap this up tonight. You think of the companions of this, the company of this choice, a privileged people, a people that were professing to be the Lord's. And yet think of this character. Choose life. You think of the cost tonight. What will it cost you if you don't choose life? You think of the consequence of not choosing life. To die in your sins. Have a lost soul. Go into hell for all eternity. Do you know, young people, hell is as real as heaven. And I'm not just saying that to scare you. But I think at times... We've got to set before you the truth of God's word. And I don't preach in this subject without feeling it in my heart and thinking about the consequences of a lost soul going out into God's eternity. But we do live in uncertain times. You don't know the day of your death, neither do I. And therefore we urge you in the Lord's name, choose life that both thy and thy seed may live. Thank you for listening. If I can help you, if you want to speak to me, you can do so around the cup of tea. We invite you to stay and we trust and pray the Lord will meet with us at this time.